Oh, these are, you were using these when you guys were doing headshots before. Yeah. Cool. How'd those turn out? Good? We have no idea what we're doing. Oh. <laughs> it's really internal stuff. We're not out there trying to be Steve Walter photography. No, no, no. You know, but headshots, we don't have headshots. Yeah. And I went and I pulled the last SOW. The last time we bought headshots. Yeah. It was really expensive. Sure. Oh, you guys sure. are expensive. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> and our headshots, yeah. we don't use them on our site. Our headshot is oh. for presentation decks. Oh, wow. And so every So that's an expensive, yeah, it's a super expensive high expense for, for a, a presentation A deck. nice PowerPoint. When you go to a page and it's like, here's us. No one even looks at that page because they're looking at you. It's interesting when you say that because, right, how many times, I mean, I go there, but I'm going there because I'm looking at the quality of the headshot. Are people actually going there to look at it and be like, oh, this guy, James, he looks like a nice guy. I want to work with him. Is that a thing? Or is it more of, I want to see the company and then... Maybe I don't even get to choose if I'm working with James. Maybe I'm just assigned yeah. some director. Never had anyone comment on that stuff, but yeah. I look at it and I go, all of these headshots are pulled from LinkedIn page. Right. And that came from Facebook that now is black and white to look more professional and right. it's just cropped down. So we don't have them. So that's what we were doing is a lot of this is to learn. Yeah. Oh. You know, we're not going out and selling headshots and we're going to be the headshot no, of course. team. But if we can just make that consistent and in the process, Jimmy yeah. learns about lighting. Yeah. You know, and someone else learns about lenses. Yep. Now the next time we're actually having a conversation with a client about that sort of thing. You're more educated. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. And, and it's something that I talked. So I was just telling you that I do, um, I hosted the lighting workshop and the prerequisite was that, Hey, you kind of have an understanding of flash and how to use that. But now we're saying, okay, well let's use it with intent. Let's use it with purpose. Let's, Take pictures of someone outside. Let's do portraits outside. And a big part of it is the questions would be like, well, how do I do this? Or why would I do this? Or what's the approach for this? And then the answer always is it depends. So then from there, it's okay, it depends, but set it up, see what it looks like, make mm -hmm. mistakes, right. change it, set it up, shoot it, see what it looks like, make mistakes, change it. And then it's this sort of repetition of, you know, information, knowledge, and then just execution. Yeah. And then just repeat that over The confidence and over. to mess up over and over again. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's... <laughs> As opposed to someone going, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And so they just give up. Right. To say, and even that, just the, uh, what's the term? Analysis paralysis. To say like, oh, what if I did, I did this? I did, and then you go, nope, I'm not going to do anything because I'm overthinking. I'm in my head right. too much. It's like, no, just do it. And if it's not perfect, you make an adjustment. This whole podcast yeah. is that is theory. That, it's that process. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, by the way, I already started rolling. I, as soon as you walked in the door, I just hit I figured, record. I figured. And that's uh, cool. I love that. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any episodes, but... Oh, for sure. I listened to them all. Oh, excellent. I, so you, and you probably heard <laughs> two, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Something got canceled, something in my day. And I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I've I wanted to do a podcast. So I just put these mics out, grabbed someone randomly, yeah. and just started continuing a conversation I had already had. But through it all, I'm seeing all the mistakes. Like right now, yeah. these mics are set up. Yeah. There's something that's going on in the recording where I can't figure out the left and the right. And oh. it's so people are texting me or emailing me and they're saying, hey, you know, you can just fix it this way. And I'm like, you know what? Like, <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. But also, I like that it's a mistake. Well, what's interesting is you say that. Sorry, I'll cut you off. But when I listened to it, when I heard that, I heard you were on the left channel. They're on the right. I was like, yep. oh, I kind of like that. There's a nice separation. Yeah. But then in my mind, I do think is that what I would do is, you know, you blend it. So there's a little cross in the middle. But I liked that spatially. My head said, oh, there's someone here. And then there's someone here. And exactly. that works. So it feels like you're in the middle of a conversation. It does. It works. Right. And that's a, a buddy of mine who does. He, audio he engineering. Knows, yeah, yeah. He knows this stuff inside and out. Yeah. He texted me as soon as he started listening to the first episode. And he was like, <laughs> hey, hey man. this is a mistake. And then... 
about 20 minutes later, he texts me back. He goes, never mind. I actually really like it. I feel like I'm, I'm sitting between two people yes. listening to their conversation because he was listening while he was driving, I think. So yeah. it felt like I was there w- with you guys and you guys were sitting beside me. And it's funny because you say it was a mistake, but it wasn't. It was a, a happy accident, right. as we call those, right? You, you do something, and I know I've done it before, even with lighting, where one light doesn't fire, but the other one did. And it's like, ooh, oh, that's <laughs> cool. Forget this other light. Let's use this now. And right. that's how you sort of discover things. Yeah. And yeah, so I listened to all the episodes, and I loved how you just sort of, you know, people sat down, and you're like, define creativity. Like, let's just talk about how... Oh, there was no planning. It's There's no planning whatsoever. Just popped them right in. Yeah. Um, and so you're actually... I haven't... I've been putting them out slowly, like once a week. Yeah. Your episode... There's only six up right now. Yeah. You're number 13. Oh, wow. Oh, so yeah. you just have a back catalog. Uh, yeah. And I'm just That's putting them out like once a week. And they're, they're you know, lightly edited because I just start recording. And then so you get random intros. Edit- editing. You know what? Editing's overrated slightly. Slightly overrated. Unless we go off on some weird tangent where you're like, what were we talking about, yeah. man? Otherwise, just let it all roll. Right. But the idea that this is so unplanned, one, most of the time, no one knows what they're coming into. <laughs> they, they have no idea why like, I just oh, asked James, them to come into doing the, in here? the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then what I call season two, which is, I think, two or three episodes in, are, I'm bringing in outsiders outside of DS's walls mm-hmm. who have listened to it. Yeah. And so now they have a different weight or different perspective because they have listened to the episodes. Interesting. So it's a different twist. Yeah. Um, but I'm still trying to do the thing where I'm not really preparing in any way. Yeah. So I listen to your podcast as well, which you can find on iTunes and everything else. Just That's search right. Steve Walter Photography. That's it. And Throw uh, that plug in there. Uh, <laughs> Steve Walter Photo will get you to most of where, yeah. where my stuff is. Yeah. But I was listening to the tattoo artist one on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, George, you were talking about things that relate you're talking about art you know we're talking about creativity and and yeah. i started in my mind thinking oh i gotta bring that up i gotta reference that and then i was like no don't do that no uh, prep right no no just conversation and just right and you know what so when i have people come on the podcast unless there's something really specific that they might be sensitive about there was one girl that i had on she'll be coming out next week uh she's an illustrator uh she does a lot of like just freehand cross-hatching stuff just a really cool style really cool technique and one of her posts was her talking about her insecurities her depression like Kind of deep stuff. Mm-hmm. And she put it out there to the public. So I figured, hey, this is open ground, right? To, right. you know, you kind of put it out there. But I did give her a heads up like, hey, is it cool if we talk about that? Because I think that's interesting. She's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm like, okay, cool. So you're not super sensitive about it because I recognize that sometimes you make a post and you're still behind a wall versus when you're sitting across from someone and now it's like, hey, open up to me. Right. I just met you. But otherwise, I agree, man. Yeah, just letting it be improvisational. Just letting it be free form and just talking about whatever happens. Yeah. And I think that there are... There are some podcasts that I listen to that have this dialed in structure, right? right? Where they have little zingers in between the little segments and all yep. of that. And that's fine, right? Like a, uh, like any other kind of news show that you would listen to. And then what I find myself gravitating towards more is just people talking. Yeah. I'm and now same. someone else is in the room with us and they're just, they're just observing. They're flying on the wall. Yeah. Right now, one of my favorite podcasts is Entry Level with Brooks Whelan. Ooh, don't know that one. It's comedians talking about their first jobs. Oh, cool. And it is unedited. It is sloppy mm. at times. In the in the episode that actually came out today with Julian McCullough, I think he's chewing gum. <laughs> yeah, the and worst. so you get the... <laughs> oh. But That's I'm okay with it. Because yeah. then, then I think about the stuff like when I'm like, I don't want to edit it. I want this to be raw. I just want to get this conversation out there. Yeah. I think about the the pops yeah. and things like that. And I go, Oh, it's going to be terrible. I really should go work on it. But then I listen to something of good quality of a well-known, you know, podcaster or celebrity. Yeah. And then I listen to those and it's and pod and, so bad. And, yeah. but they get away with it. People don't care that much if they're enjoying it. Yeah. And so hopefully they just enjoy the conversation and they, 
they respect that it is just a raw conversation. Right. I but mean, at the same time, another complaint I get, the number two complaint is everyone says, you don't introduce the person. Oh, yeah. And you still never introduce yourself. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to keep that going. <laughs> I'm never going to say who I am or what I do. So, so allow me, if I could. Uh, my name is Steve Walter. I'm a photographer. I've worked with James and other people here at DS before. And, uh, a yeah, lot. Yeah, a, a good amount. You're a go-to um, guy. And, and I love it. And, you know, it's, I, I was super excited that you asked me to be on this. And even when you told me originally when you did the podcast, it was you, Jimmy, and I forget the other two writers' names. Oh, that was a different um, podcast. That's a different podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that one's outside of DS. That's not DS, right? No. That was just you guys. Well, so we, that was supposed to be DS. And that uh, was our first, let's figure out what a podcast is. Let's right. figure out how to make this. We're starting simply. And so it was all the writers getting together talking about writing. Yeah. And we have a thing is we drink and we yeah. fight about writing. <laughs> and it was so, great. I love that. So we actually, it was going to be DS. We had a logo. We, we were putting it up online, but we hardcore drink during it. We <laughs> drank a bottle of bourbon yeah. during the recording, which is 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. And so we get drunk yeah. and we say stupid things. Yeah. And we figured, you know, maybe this isn't the best for the brand. Aligned to directly have with that. four yeah. drunk right. guys in a room yelling at each other about comma usage. Right. The views of James and Jimmy do not reflect that. Yeah. Digital surgeons, blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. all that little sub copy, exactly. the asterisk copy. So it's out there, but it's just, we, we don't promote it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're promoting it now, right? I guess we should guess stop so. talking about it. We'll edit this we'll, part out. Well, we'll see the numbers go up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, it's a great show. You should do that. You should have everyone come on and drink. We have a new episode um, actually coming out of that. We're still recording. You do? Good. Yeah, we have a new one coming out because it's it's fun to just have a bourbon and talk about your craft, which is, yeah. again, what this is. Yeah. One of the reasons I really, I've been bugging you about coming in here is I love to get the different perspectives on creativity yeah. with each person. Yeah. And so I love different people, not just designers, not just writers. Right. But son of a... Phone call. And that's what makes it real. Yeah. Well, I'm going to end that call over here on from the watch. <laughs> Hopefully that time lapse resumes. Let me do not disturb this. There we go. All right. Okay. So um, unprofessional. Real life. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, but everyone is uh, unique. Um, yeah. Everyone's going to have the, this interesting perspective based off of who they are, what they do. And so you are the first person outside of this realm. You are a standalone artist photography video yeah. you're a true content creator right now you have a podcast you're putting out videos you, yeah. you're instagramming every day yeah uh, i mean you go pick up a hat yeah and I you made a little video and you made a video which was a great video <laughs> thanks yeah. and so i actually shared that internally i was like hey look oh, at these awesome. cuts this is just so it's simple but it makes it That's entertaining it. yeah so a guy walked down the hall <laughs> and set music to it and it made it, it like these jumps are interesting it's engaging yeah. it, or at least so basically the whole idea behind that is i'm trying to practice what i'm preaching right i'm trying to not only and I, and I think that's part of what you guys are doing too is it's like hey let me dive into creating this content not only selling that content right. or, or showcasing or saying here's what you could do it's like you know what let me do it so that now i have direct hands-on experience with the making mistakes part, right? Right. Like I, I figured out there's quite a few mistakes and we were even talking about video equipment and how the iPhone is pretty good, but it's not great. And mm -hmm. there's compromises and things like that. So you start to figure that out. And if someone asks you, Hey, could I just use my phone? And yeah, you could, but if you want higher quality, you'd want to do this. And so for me, it's just been 2018 has been stop talking about doing stuff and do stuff. So that's what this whole year has been for me. It's just do stuff, just do more stuff. And you know, I, I might've put too much on my plate, but at the same time, <laughs> You're always let, smiling and everything. Let me put so, too much on my plate. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. Like you're, At least you're doing what you what you love. I, that's exactly it, man. Is that it's? I love doing this stuff. I love learning about technology. I love learning about art. There's the um, what was it? Steve Jobs when when he coined with Apple is um the crossover of liberal liberal arts and technology. 
that's where my brain loves to be. And then if you throw in a little bit of psychology, it's like, oh, cool. Sprinkle in a little psychology with, with the liberal arts and the technology, and I'm a happy guy. Yeah. I think that's most of the people here. Yeah. Especially the technology aspect. Oh, yeah, the tech. Oh. I am a little less so in the technology. Mm. I don't get amped up about the newest tech. Even we're buying a new camera. Right. And I'm texting you. I'm like, yeah. Like, I mean, we could have a four-hour conversation about so many about options that. here. So many. And I know it's never going to be perfect. No. And I like shooting on my phone. Yeah. So one of the cameras we want to get, I looked at a um, a little challenge between it, it and an iPhone. Oh, cool. And I That's like funny. the iPhone shots. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. You know, it was still, and a lot, it was like still low lighting stuff. And yeah. I want, you know, this camera's focused on video. Yeah. But it was interesting going, ah, I like my phone better. I'll just use my phone. And what's great is it's, it's just in your pocket. Yeah. I, I just borrowed, my brother has a, a little Canon mirrorless camera. And I thought about getting that for when I'm doing family day and I want better pictures than what my phone does. And what I found was I brought them both out. We were at the beach. It was literally just Saturday. We were talking about that. I was at the beach and I'm trying it out. And I found that. It was easier, just in general, to use my phone. It was there, and the quality was good enough for family pictures, right? Where, yeah, I would, as a photographer, I want the highest quality. I want nice dynamic range. I want a good shallow depth of field, like all these things. But at the end of the day, it's I want to capture that moment of my daughter doing something. And if this other device means that I'm going to miss it, that's the compromise that I don't want to make. So it's funny how, yeah, I mean, I could dive into that stuff for so long. You can I just, love it. if anyone cares, they can go back to your, your podcast. My podcast, yeah, where I dive into that. As the, you and I were texting about this camera stuff, you talked about a similar conversation with the guys over at Hello, Hello Me. Yes. And yep. you mentioned some apps. I have a couple apps too where mm-hmm. it's incredible. You can do so many things. One of my favorite yeah. things right now I've been goofing around with, there's a strobe camera app. Oh, and so you can capture someone's movements in a series of strobe shots. I saw that. Yes, yes, I saw and that. And so it's just someone will walk by and you can just go – you just pull out your phone, hit that app, hold it, and it'll just capture their their arm movement. And it everyone thinks it's Photoshop. And then it, it, it's just it stitches app. it together. It stitches it together. Uh, how good is that? You know how long, it's incredible. I've spent so many hours learning that technique yeah. in Photoshop, perfect, trying to do that. Like I did some snowboarding shots where they're coming up and they hit the rail, they're spinning around, and I spent hours compositing that image. It's on an app now. You just press it. It takes like, seconds. Oh, cool. There's one. It, <laughs> it looks like someone has uh, eight arms. Yeah. And. All they were doing was stretching at their desk. And I just awesome. captured the motion of their arms going up, stretching, and yeah. that was it. Now it looks like they have, it's this beautiful shot. Their it's arms cool. fill the frame. And it's a it's an app on your phone. I just had my phone in my hand at the time. That's so cool. And and it's it's neat going back to the, the idea and talking about just creativity, right? Is that is it's just taking a, a moment that would otherwise be nothing, using something like this app to capture it, and then you're like Oh, that's art. (laughs) And that's kind of, so going back to the podcast, right? That's what my podcast is about is that everything is art. And I definitely want to have you on because when I was listening to you guys talking about writing, I I tapped into, and especially when Jimmy was kind of chiming in saying, as he was coming from a background where he's like, I would never really thought about writing. Like Mm -hmm. I never thought that that would be like an option, right? Other than just, you know, like journalism, right? It was really interesting for me to just basically think like, yeah, writing is an art. Clearly it's an art, right? Just from the creative standpoint, but then also from a more productive standpoint, right? So for sure, I definitely would want to reciprocate and have you on the podcast as well, because it's just cool when you start to listen to, a buddy of mine mentioned it years ago to me, and I never really thought about it. He's like, but I just love listening to people talk shop. Whatever it is, two or three people in a room that are talking about their passion, you immediately feel engaged because there's an energy there of, even if it's mechanics, like I don't care about working on cars or engines, but like if I was in a room and they're talking about all these, it's like, oh, that's kind of cool because you guys are really stoked about this right now. Yeah. So when you guys are talking about writing, it's just cool to hear that 
So yeah, everything is art. And I love that. I love it. <laughs> well, did you start? Oh, you didn't. I was going to ask, did you start in photography? Because I want to get to the heart of your oh, creativity. Because yeah. yeah, Jimmy didn't even think about writing. Mm-hmm. You know, we all break in somehow. We, yeah. we This world emerges to us in some way. You were not photography. You were design, right? No, I was design, yeah. So, I mean, growing up, so like in the backstory on Steve Walter, um, I grew up as a kid who doodled all the time. I was a, I was a drawer. That was my thing. And uh, I was never really amazing at drawing, but I was always like the best drawer in the class, right? Uh, it was me and my buddy, John Tomac, and he still now is an illustrator today, and I love seeing that. Anyway, uh, progress through, go to school for um, graphic design. Visual communication is my degree. So I did that and then graduated, started working at a marketing agency down in Westport. Uh, worked there for the better part of eight and a half, nine years almost. Which one did you work at? Uh, Vision Marketing Group, formerly Tuxis Group. Well, Down in Westport, small. Maybe I mean, it may have been before I came to Connecticut. Could be. Yeah, this was. Oh, geez, this was two thousand three, two thousand four. Oh, yeah. So back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. I moved to Connecticut in two thousand eleven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this was this was a while ago. And it was a really small agency, but I I definitely you know I started off making coupons. You know that was like I yeah. so I interned there and then got hired, and I was making coupons for the better part of a year, just coupons. And That's still the way it is. And. Oof, in, you got to make that, coupons. In that area. You got to make coupons, Everyone man. starts making coupons. And uh, it was um, talk about learning copy and legal and all that stuff mm-hmm. where, hey, we got to get this at five and a half point and it's got to be squished in there and it doesn't matter. Make it ultra condensed, like yeah. all of that stuff. So uh, progressed through there. And then I actually learned photography through there. So very much what you guys are talking about here, doing stuff in-house where we did a lot of work for um, now called Bimbo Bakeries, but um, Entenmann's, and it's spelled Bimbo, which is really weird, but they pronounce it uh, yeah, Bimbo. Yeah. It's Bimbo because it's uh, Spanish. Anyway, um, Entenmann's, Thomas's, Arnold, all that stuff. So what they would do is, and even Atkins, we did a lot of work for Atkins. They would send us a product and say, hey, you got to lay out some sell sheet or some promo thing, take a quick shot, lay it out, get it approved, and then the photographer would do the photography. So we started doing it in-house, start setting up lights. And then I convinced uh, the guy, I was like, hey, we should get a better camera because the one that we had, this was like at the, this was at the introduction of digital where literally the camera that we had had a a floppy disk, a hard three or two and a half inch disk you would put in and it would capture whatever it was, a megabyte, two megabyte file, something like that. (laughs) And then you would use that just as a comp, kind of like a um, old school when you think about film Polaroids, you pull a Polaroid and be like, cool, shot looks good, shoot it on film. Uh, Anyway, so I learned photography in-house there and eventually got to a point where we, we upgraded our technology. We had a better camera, better lighting. And like, I started to really refine this. And then I would start taking shots and submitting them. Client would approve it and it would get printed. And it was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, that's a do- like that's uh, that's my shot there. So there's actually um, one of my favorite things to see still, Thomas's. There's uh, trucks that go by and there's four English muffins on them. And they have like a smiley face with like jelly and like peanut butter and all that. Uh-huh. I shot those. So I see those going by. I'm like, I shot that in-house. It was approved and it's there and it's just rolling through. And that was just more of like a, very much like you were saying, is, is making those mistakes, figuring that stuff out, doing the post-production. And then I just became really passionate about photography. And a lot of it too was we had to download a lot of stock imagery and got to the point where now as a photographer, I think to myself, well, I'm going to make this image knowing that it needs to be designed, right? Knowing that it needs to be put in a layout. So I'm going to zoom out a little bit, mm-hmm. give some space. I'm not going to crop the edge because so many stock shots I would download. I'm like, I got to Photoshop and rebuild this whole image right. because the photographer didn't give me an extra little bit of breathing room. So that's how I got into photography. And then I started just shooting events, families, friends on the weekends, started getting into weddings, still shoot weddings. And I've been doing that since I've been serious about photography since 2008, 2009. Um, so yeah, better part of 10 years. 
and then uh, eventually left that agency and got my own studio. And now I'm shooting all kinds of stuff. I absolutely love it. I mean, I'm trying to really narrow down and, and say that I, I would rather do more of, you know, products, people, and lifestyle. Because I think there's a nice crossover of that, of portraiture, product, mm -hmm. and then people using that product in some type of scenario. Right. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at now. And then sprinkle in some video, sprinkle in some audio, all of that stuff that kind of goes in between. A little bit of motion graphics. I never really dove too deep into that. But I know enough to get in trouble. <laughs> I know enough to like want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> well, see, you know, it's interesting because all of that you said I, I'm narrowing it down, but here's this massive grouping. Mm -hmm. Like to say people, right. you know, is still it's like well that's Covers that's so still much. weddings, that's still portraits, that's yep. still you know lifestyle product use. It's a lot of things. Yeah. How do you go at branding yourself? Because you are an independent artist. You're a freelancer. You're a vendor. You're a consultant. Yeah. Your brand is important. Yep. For you getting business. Because I remember I, I first met you a little over three years ago yeah. at a Behance event. Yes. And I think, didn't you have long hair then? Or I, I did. Crazy? Yeah, yeah. Long I did. Hair. No, I had very long hair. But I remember, all right, here's this great guy, great energy. Look at his stuff. A lot of portraits. Mm -hmm. We don't use portraits. Right. You know, when does a client ever need a portrait? Never. Rarely. So in my mind, it, the brand of Steve Walter became portrait photographer. Yeah. Then the relationship here evolved. So you got a door opened where it was like, we'll just give him the project product food shoot. Yep. I don't think you had food at the time on your site. If you did, I don't remember it. But I had, I it, wasn't it, on that project. It but. wasn't in my portfolio. I had experience shooting food stuff. Um, so that's why I definitely felt comfortable yeah. approaching that. But cause that came, no, then it came down to relationship. It was like, yeah. well, this guy's great. We love yeah. this guy. So just give him the job. Yeah. Forget all the food shooters out there. Yeah. You know, this guy's great. Let's use him. Yeah. And now it's, Whatever we have, it's like, well, is Steve available? Yeah. And but, so that brand had to be developed in a different way. Like that instant hit of brand yeah. recognition for me, a consumer, almost sent you in the wrong direction. Yeah. How do you manage that? Or how do you think about or consider it? So I think more of what I've been doing, and again, 2018, the year of just doing stuff, right? And going back to that, the relationship, I think that is now, as far as visual branding, right? I'm still trying to just promote and publish high quality work, right? As far as my photography goes. And more of what I've been trying to do is sprinkle in some more of that lifestyle product as, mm -hmm. long, as well as portraiture, right? Because as a freelance artist, I need to make sure that, you know, I've got multiple eggs in multiple baskets. But going back to that, coming in for that portfolio review, that Behance event, to say, hey, I'm going here. Sure, if people like my work, awesome, but I'm going here to meet people. Right. That, I still think, supersedes any other type of marketing, any other type of promotion. I could boost a post on Instagram as much as I want, but you can't replace a handshake. You, you can't replace a connection with someone in person. And I think that is what, you know, I try to do. And that's what I'm now trying to promote more of myself when I'm showcasing who I am, my personality, along with saying, hey, I actually have a skill set. Watch me retouch this image. Or, hey, watch me go pick up a hat over down here at Drive. And you're going to get a taste of my personality so that hopefully, to your point, you know, yeah, we have all of these acclaimed food photographers. But I want to work with Steve. He right. seems like a nice guy. And as long as I can do the work, obviously, I got to be able to produce the work. If I can't yeah. produce the work, you're not calling me. Right. So <laughs> that's, that should be a given for, for anyone that's listening, especially for those angry food photographers right now. <laughs> I apologize. But I think it's – I don't apologize. It's one of those things where if I made a connection, I built a relationship, and then to say, yeah, I got to back it up. So here's the quality of work. You guys like to work. Awesome. Hey, let's call Steve back. Yeah. Um, I mean that is the essence of everything I know we try to do yeah. with the brands we work with is that human emotional side. Yes. Because brands are not, it's not a logical relationship. It's an emotional relationship with a consumer. Yeah. You know, and so that, the customer service side, that customer experience side. Trust. Yeah. And it's amazing how 
I mean, what you just said is so true. It's amazing how big brands can't understand that yeah. no matter how many times they're told. Yeah. I had a terrible experience this weekend where I was trying to buy a couch. Yeah. I'm actively trying to buy the couch. Yep. And when I hit order, you know, I got the red error messages. Uh, <clears throat> and so I went onto the chat feature. Yep. And I said, trying to buy this couch. Something's wrong. What's up? And they said, well, you're going to have to call this other number. I was like, can't we just fix it? Like, <laughs> right. I don't know what this error message is. He's like, you have to call. Yeah. I was like, well, that's why I used chat because I thought it'd be faster. Right. Uh, you know, this is a digital age. <laughs> I thought we were chatting. <laughs> I'm a millennial. I don't want to pull my phone out and call no. someone. That's crazy. Yeah. So true. And he... It's like, sorry, I can't help you. And then I said something like real, not complaining. I just like a human to human, like, hey, what do you think would happen? Or what do you think this means? Or something like that. Yeah. And I got a canned response. Uh, and I was like, oh, this might even be a bot. Right. So I closed out and I went to one of their competitors and bought a couch from them. Yep. And it was that simple interaction that took one minute where I just felt like the person in their line was not a human being and not yeah. actually responding to my questions. I was not angry. I was not complaining. I was yeah. not being, I was not at being inhuman. No. And I was just trying to give them my money. It's, here, take my money. Here, <laughs> yeah. t- please take my money the quickest way possible. I right. want to give it to you. And if you create that roadblock, yeah, if you create that difficulty, then then you know what? I don't want to work with it. I don't want to buy from you. And what it does is now it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth moving forward. At least oh, that's what did. I found. Because you're not going to recommend that. And well, even they don't know who this morning, I, as we talked about off podcast, but just so people have reference, why I'm buying so much furniture. Right. I just bought a new house. Yeah. And I realized I need. Uh, so in my mind, I'm saying, okay, what do I need this week? Yeah. What do I need first as I go into the house? And this morning, I was like, oh, I need this. I got to have this because things are going to go on top of it. I want to put stuff in, then move things, then put them back. And so I'm trying to think, like, what can go down now yeah. and put in now that never has to be moved? I thought of something. I went b- back online and I went to that store again. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this was the one that I didn't like. This is shit. <laughs> so I, I closed it out and went to another one. So yeah. it, right there, now they just lost two pieces of business from me yeah. because of one bad chat. Because I know some someone on that side goes, you know what? We got chat set up. We're killing it. We're crushing right. it. We're moving forward. We are we're <laughs> this digital transformation. And it's it's not. And it's so interesting, right, when, you have, when you're talking about that technology and uh, embracing that in, in all aspects of our life. And, yes, it does make things easier. But sometimes I just want to talk to someone. I just want, I'm trying to track a pack this morning. I was trying to track a package that was at FedEx, but now it's at the post office. And I'm like, where's my stuff? I just want to find it. I need it. And I'm going through prompts and I'm just, I'm like aggressively yelling at the robot. And I'm like, they don't care, but I'm, I'm upset because it's like, just get me to a human that can, I can explain something and they'll understand and I don't have to go through nine menus. Right. But that's just the reality is that now, okay, well, you want to do that. What's the flip side is now I have to pay someone to be there. That means now your product's going to be more expensive. So there is a trade-off, I guess, but it is interesting when you kind of just break it down in the simplest form is that, hey, you might have an amazing product, but if it's really difficult to get it, I don't want it. And and I, I'll share that with the people in the photo communities, and I've even talked about it on, on my podcast, where it's like, hey, you could be the most amazing photographer ever, but if you're a douche and you got an ego, nobody wants to work with you. Mm-hmm. You're creating that roadblock, and it doesn't matter how amazing your work is. If your work is good enough, but you're a likable guy, they're going to work with you. And, and not to sit and say that my work is good enough. I like to think that I've excelled in my work, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to paint myself there. I like to think that I'm a little bit of, of both of that, right? Where, hey, I'm a likable guy. At least I try to be. And I have good work. And there are times, too, like we've been on set where four or five people have an idea. And instead of me going, I'm the photographer. Right. I call the shots. I'm the director. No. Hey, this is a collaboration. I'm working with everyone here. Because at the end of the day, who needs to be happy? The client. And if you know better than what the client wants, or if the client's there and saying, hey, this is what I want, I don't care what you say, I don't care your experience, 
cool, you got it, man. Yeah. And we were talking about that too, or you guys, not we. <laughs> I was a part of that conversation when you guys were talking about writing copy. And you, you pose the question that if a client like goes in there and says, nope, this is what I want. And you're like, no, but that's wrong. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you do what they want. Now, obviously, you can sit and say, okay, I understand that. Here's what I would suggest, and here's why I would suggest it. If you still want to do plan B, okay, let's do it. I stand by that, and it's no different than buying a couch. Yeah, it's true. I've been on a lot of sets where you deal with prima donnas. You got the, yeah. the artists, and yeah. it's their way. You got the guys who don't want to be there. Yeah. They just don't want to, and their low energy brings your energy down. Yeah. Jump back to the Jarlsberg shoot. Yeah. We had fun that day. That was great. We had a great was a day. Blast. It was probably the only photo shoot in the history of shoots that uh, finished early. Yeah. That was all. And, and not to mention the fact that we had, we had double duty, photo and video yeah. happening. Yeah. Like, that was a double shoot. That was a large and day. It was actually triple shoot because I was shooting behind the scenes. That's that right. Day. Yeah, it was a triple shoot. So we shoot. had a triple shoot <laughs> and we still finished early. And the stuff was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And that thing is just, yeah. I mean, cha-ching selling cheese for Jarlsberg, That's that awesome. whole campaign. That's awesome. So I mean, it worked, but. You know, I've had those those experiences, and it's amazing. I is someone else hiring them because I know we stopped working with people when they can drag down a shoot like that. Yeah. Or you have the "Don't talk to me, I'm doing what I want" style yeah. shooters. You know, talk to my assistant, but my assistant won't do it because I didn't tell them to do it. <sighs> we're trying to get something done for the client, or, right. or we have an opinion. Yep. And it's totally there's a little circle of shutting it down. Yep. You know, with their team, like you say, that collaborative nature, the high energy getting stuff for the client, bringing yeah. in new ideas. Like, yep. I mean, that's why we continue to work with you because you look at the shoots and we, we're all laughing. We're having a great time. Having a good time. Getting shots over and over and over yep. again. And the client loves it too. So. And at the end of the day, I think that's it. It's like when, when I try to think about the, the, the cliche saying is that if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, right? right. Like, yeah, I want to do that. And I'm serious about the work that I do, but I want to have fun. If I'm not having fun, then I should be in a different field, right? If, right? if you're not enjoying what you're doing, like try to find something that you enjoy doing and try to see if you can make a living at that, right? And yeah, for sure, I want to bring a good high energy, check all of the, the BS that I have at the door and hey, I need to shoot today. I need to make sure it's a good time. I'm setting the base for that energy. And yeah, I'm going to come into a room going, hey guys, what's up? Now, if everyone's real low key, it's early in the morning. Okay, well, we'll slowly build it up a little right. bit more and more, especially we, working we with Brian. Playing. You know, like... <laughs> He'll come in. Oh, he's he, he's yeah, going. Yeah, he's already he's in 100. He's going. Yeah. I love it. And he's bringing that. And it's like, oh, cool. All right. Now I'm charged up. Let's do this. And and he's a great example. You recorded a podcast with him? Yes. I can't wait to listen. He, he just comes in and he'll, what about this? What about this? What about this? Some of it sticks. Some of it doesn't. But it's better to just throw that stuff out there, right? You got an idea in your head. Boom. Put it out there. Yeah. Let's try it. Let's see if that works. Or let's have a conversation to say like, hey, you know what? Let's maybe see if we can table that for later. Yeah. Let's, let's try to do this now. And that was... A big part of that shoot. Yeah. We had planned out all the still. Right. And video, video was purpo improv. purposefully mm -hmm. said, let's not plan anything. Let's get that camera rolling. Yeah. What comes to mind? And one of the reasons is because there's so many creative people here and it was giving them a chance to play. Yes. And so there was get shit done. Yep. Station number one. Yeah. Lockdown, still photo, two food stylists going. Yeah. And then camera location number two, everyone just come and play. Yeah. What do you want to see? You want to see cheese melting off of a, a Reuben sandwich? <laughs> cool. Well, they just finished it on location one, so let's just do heat it. it up with the heat gun. Yeah. Get that cheese melting. And the um, the dropping cheese. The dropping cheese and the um, your magical steam. Oh the, yes. Uh, the the tampon. I guess yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll share that. Yeah. The, you know, I'm dropping the secret. Food food styling secret. I can't say how many people I shared that with and told them. I was like, check out this cool steamy shot. Someone was like, that's awesome. I'm like, it's a tampon back there. It's a it's a wet tampon that was just microwaved. And they're like, <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah, it's fantastic. 
Um, I'm sure there are a ton of other ways to do it. Oh, of I course. I think what I heard actually was a sponge. Sponge, yeah, sure. You, but... slice, you slice sponges. That makes sense. And you put yeah. them back there. I don't know why it became a tampon. <laughs> I mean, oh, the not? string. It, because of the string. Because oh, then right. you can take it from the microwave, steaming right. hot, yep. and then carry it over and drop it behind so the, the food. So it's it steams. So good. Yeah, that's why it became a tampon. And even that, someone, someone, you know, I'm sure if there's a food stylist listening or there's a photographer, it's like, why would you do that? It's like, why not? It worked. It worked. It, it, it got it done. And even that... Like, why would you just improv the, the video? It's like, well, because the priority was photo. We, we weren't mm-hmm. improv in the photo. We knew what we were doing there. So then, yeah, if, if we have some space and we have some time to be a little freeform and, and experiment, do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Why not? We're getting stuff done over here. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun And then day. we end up using that footage in a lot of places. Yeah. It's it's that. It's when, when you go back to, again, that that topic of creativity and, and just creating. It's it's improv. It's, it's problem solving kind of mixed together. Um, and that's what just... If you can have fun while you're doing it, that's what it's about. Sometimes you pull out your hair a little bit, right? When you hit those hiccups and you're trying to really dive into that problem solving. I think about that more from my end when I'm in the the technical aspect of like, how come this isn't working? And now you got to really dive in and troubleshoot. I've done way too much troubleshooting uh, for my own good. But when you don't have to deal with that stuff and you can just say, hey, let me try this. Let me try this. Let me spend four hours just kind of playing around with this. That's what it's about. And And part of why I love having a studio is that I can just explore and I can just experiment. Hey, I got downtime. Like you're saying, like your downtime, you literally created a podcast, (laughs) which is awesome. And when I have some downtime, it's like, Hey, let me explore this. Let me try this. I actually just recently bought. um, So I'm a, I'm a super nerd. I don't, I shouldn't say super nerd, but I'm a pretty (laughs) big nerd going back as a kid when I was drawing. Right. um, I used to draw uh, comic book characters all the time. Marvel. Marvel was my deal. More specifically, I collected the cards. Like some kids were collecting baseball cards. I was collecting like Wolverine and, and Gambit and Cyclops and all that. So I would draw them all the time. I would just constantly draw them. And I have still have the book of all that stuff. So then now when all these Marvel movies are coming out, I'm like, this is my childhood coming to life. So I've seen just about every single one. They kind of messed. I'm waiting for them to redo X-Men because they didn't do X-Men justice. We're on the same page. With that. Uh, Avengers. And you want to know what? As a kid, I didn't care about Avengers. Same here. I freaking love I was them an, I was an X-Men guy. Now I Yeah. I, I'm I like, Thor is the shit. Thor is yeah. amazing. So what I do, I go pre-order the Infinity Gauntlet, the official Marvel Infinity Gauntlet. And it just showed up the other day because it was hardcore backordered. And I want to just do a product shoot of that. I want to just set it up and I want to just play around with shoots. So I was actually going to create, the idea was to create a, a shoot based before the movie came out. Um, but there were a whole bunch of hiccups of uh, the makeup artist that I was trying to get. I was basically trying to do a portrait of Thanos. So I reached out to this giant bodybuilder dude, massive guy, massive guy. I was like, cool, we're going to paint you purple. We're going to get face makeup. We're going to do this whole thing. And again, 2018, just do stuff. Now, of course, because this is just for fun, it's more like, hey, does this work for your schedule? Does it? And there was a whole bunch of pushback. Yeah. I still want to revisit that just because I want to... I want to explore that. I want to experience the problem solving that comes with, hey, how would I do a shoot of this dude holding this glove? How do I make it look realistic? How do I basically create or recreate a movie poster and just see what the process is like? So I'm super amped up that now I have this infinity gauntlet. A, because, you know, the 10-year-old me is like, yes. (laughs) But then now, you know, the 37-year-old me is like, okay, cool. What can I do with this? I had a nerdy experience last night. Yeah. Similar, but I didn't plan on what I was going to do to shoot or what I was going to do to create with it. For whatever reason, I was just like, I really want the highest quality Captain America shield I could find. Yes, and I found one. It was it's a like a Hasbro limited yep. edition, seventy five year anniversary. Yeah, thing of its actual metal, yes. five hundred dollars. Yeah, oh, <laughs> the like, gauntlet was a hundred bucks. So I was like, maybe this is too. Yeah, I was like looking at the reviews, and people were like it's worth it. It's worth. It. <laughs> of course, it's worth it. Of course, it's worth it because you're right. You want something that's just amazing. Yeah. You hold. Oh yeah, that'd be great. 
Ah, did you get it? I didn't get it. Ah. I didn't get it. 500 was too much. Because I was thinking, I was like... Well, especially you're moving too. Well, I was like, I'm decorating this new house. Because my, shield would my, look awesome on my the current wall. house, no decoration <laughs> whatsoever. Oh, interesting. If you walked in there, you would think this is the least creative person you've ever seen in your life, <laughs> ever experienced. But I did it. It was a... It's like, it was more beachy. It was more bright. It didn't feel cluttered. Cabana style. It's by yeah. the beach. So I, I like that. Not a single thing on the walls. I lived there for over five years. Wow. Not a single thing. So now that I'm going into this new house, I'm like, yeah. all right, now deck it out, decorate. Yeah. But now I don't have a lot, so I'm that's why I'm looking at things like Captain America Shield. Sure, <laughs> probably it's interesting because all right now this is a creative challenge. Fill ah. this house. Think about how things work together. Yeah, it was hands down the most stressful part. The paperwork didn't care. Cool. The no problem inspection, the negotiating, all that right. no big deal. Yeah. It's nothing. It, I don't know why people freak out so much about buying a house. It's very easy. Yeah. Once you know the numbers, it's fine. Yeah. Just sign easy. on the dotted line. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> you got a realtor. You got to look. They do all the hard work. Yep. You just say yes and sign. Yep. But decorating the house has been freaking out so Interior much. Interior design. Yeah. So much. It's not oh. a creative challenge. Like, I don't feel creative anymore. I feel Interesting. stressed. Interesting. And so I've actually engaged Kui oh. to do it for me. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, so... Even that, right? When you think about it, it's so interior design, right? Like I, I know that I think that I could approach mm-hmm. doing something like that, but yeah, maybe I wouldn't, or at least I know, like when I see a room, I could say, "Oh, this is this is laid out nice." Like it's a different level, right? Because it's not only um, color, right? Because that's uh-huh. the, the psychology, right? The color. It's, how it's does this room make you feel? Aspects of it. It's the it's the oh, the, the feng shui, right? Like yeah. the movement. Where do you start? Where do you progress? Like totally. where do you want to sit? And it's no different than. Laying out words and image on a page. You start here in the top left. You go to the middle right. You go down to the bottom totally. left. I think it comes down to that. Yeah. The the confidence to try something. Yeah. I, I feel like I can't fail because I don't want to buy more furniture. Well, I want to do this once. That's See, that's true, right? Like if you have a layout in Photoshop, you just redo it. Cool. Right. Well, you spend another yep. four hours. It's like, no, yeah. you spend another five, ten grand yeah. in furniture. And I don't want to do that. And <laughs> no. then because I'm not someone who regularly buys furniture, I don't yeah. know what's out there. I don't know what the things are. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know enough to actually dive into this space. And just looking at couches, I haven't bought a couch in over five years. Yeah. I've not bought a couch. I had the sectional in my house now that works. It does the job. Yeah. And I've never replaced it. And now I'm looking at couches on the second page. Yeah. I felt so stressed out that I (laughs) closed it out. And that was when I went to Quee. I was like, Quee, you gotta, I can't do this. You gotta design this space for me. Because even just thinking, I got this beautiful old roll top desk. Beautiful. Oh, nice. I don't know where to put it. Mm. Because I'm looking at the dimensions of all the walls. Yeah. And I'm like, it's gotta fit into that space. Yep. So the one spot where I know it'll work, well, now the chair is gonna be in the way as I try to walk through the room. Oh, yeah. And so solving all those things stresses me out. If you gave me a similar challenge, that was client related. Great. I'll kill this. Get it done. But I think it because it's so personal to me, I'm going to have to directly live with it. Interesting. It's adding so much pressure to me yeah. that I can't solve the challenges. I you, can't do it. You got to own it. People come into your house and you're like, I did this. This is me. Yeah. And then it's like, well, and then it's almost like you feel like you'd have to explain like, hey, I put the roll top desk over there because if I didn't put it over, it's like, no, right. no, just it's cool there, man. Yeah. So I wonder <laughs> if it's like when a client comes and they say, I need you to solve these problems. I'm just too close to it. I hear that a lot. Just too close to oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's what it is. I'm just too close to it because, yeah, it is a reflection of me. It's it's my hard work. It's my life. It's your baby. It's my baby. Can someone come and give me a perspective? Can someone give me new ideas? 
can someone solve these problems for me that I just can't solve? Yeah. I think that's what's going on right now. I think I'm the client. Quee's the creative. Right. Yeah. How funny is that? Right. Because it's, it's then that personal thing. Maybe this just says something. Maybe it's a guy thing. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Hmm. I know where things are going in the garage. Ah, interesting. So I, I've already like thought about, well, where are the mowers going to go? How funny because is that? Because how do I want to get the mower out? Which fence, which gate do I want to use? Ah. And then what goes in the shed? I have this beautiful shed. Yeah. The shed is almost, it almost is matches the garage. Oh, nice. Cool. So they have the same siding. So it's, it's like a little house. Yeah, it's like yeah. symmetry in the backyard. Yeah. And uh, the d- detached garage and then a shed on the opposite side of the yard. And what goes in the shed versus what goes in the garage. So that's interesting, right? Because then you're using a different part of your brain for that, right? You're using like the the sort of practicality, the, the logistical part of saying like, hey, this makes sense to put this here because it's going to be easy to pull this in and out versus I'm going to put a chair here because it kind of creates this flow to the room and it just, it looks nice where it feels right. So there is that difference of, hey, I need a chair for someone to sit. Cool. Done. Yeah. But wait, no, I need a chair that complements this and i need a chair that that will fit in this room that that works with that couch it's different than you know a lawnmower of hey i need to get this in and out of the door so don't put it on the opposite side i would say i'm not that type of creative i think there's thinkers and there's feelers there's the heart and the head it's all on a spectrum and i i think i feel like i exist on the heart side yeah and there are times i go to the think but then there's others who they live on the think side and they they think the feel side is bullshit. But there we go. On my house, I am a thinker and the feeling aspect scares me. Interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, because it's what's – so what's even more interesting is that you've accessed, that you, that you recognize that and you see that. You identify and say, hey, I know I'm at uh, a crossroads here because this is how I normally am. But now that I'm in this space – I can't really quite execute the way that I normally would. So it's almost like you need a client to come in there and be like, hey, James, we got you this house. Make it work. And you're like, cool, I got it. No problem. But it's, right. no, this is yours. I can't do this the way that I normally would. You can't you can't detach from it and kind of fly above, look down at it and say, okay, what would I do for the client? Because you're the client. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. Oh, yeah. So it's it's even just going into that, identifying uh, strengths and weaknesses. Not even to say that one of yours is a strength or a weakness, but I, I identify in myself that a lot of times, like if someone just says, hey, give me an idea, it's sort of like, well, okay, well, what kind of idea? I one time had a client say their direction was badass and cool. And I was like, well, badass and cool. Like, okay, I'll, I can, they wanted like a logo design. I'm like, I want it to be badass and cool. It's like, well, my definition of badass and cool might be very different from your definition. And in fact, they were, because I gave three, three ideas. I typically will give three concepts, right? Mm-hmm. And then from there, you should be able to kind of pick and choose what you like, different components out of the other. And what I found for me is, hey, give me a little bit more. Like badass and cool is not enough direction. I need to know badass and cool. How do you define badass? How do you define cool? Cool. Right. You've given me a little bit of direction. Now I can roll with that. And sure enough, that's what I needed. So I think it's interesting that if you're given enough to say, hey, I know this is where I excel. I know this is where I can progress versus just you want me to just start pulling stuff out of the hat. I can. I'm throwing stuff at the wall and it doesn't always work. So with a little bit of direction, okay, cool. Now I know where we're going. I can dial that in. Well, that's what I'm the client. Kui is the agency. Yep. So she had me create a Pinterest board. Perfect. With, tell me, your, yeah, yeah, tell me well, where you're at. The style, everything that appeals to me, and then why. And then she would pull furniture, pull colors, Swatches, and then, yeah. and then I would say no, no, yes, yes, yeah, you know, that direction. We <laughs> and we've been fine tuning that way. That's cool. Yeah. So it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be fun doing it that way, right? Because now it's like you're still designing your place. I mean, it's that's why people hire an interior designer because it's like, hey, start putting stuff together because you know what's going to look nice together. 
And then I'm going to be like, yes, no, right. no, yes. And then they might say, well, here's why I picked this. Here's, I know you're not really into this, yeah. but here's, and you might go, okay, cool. I get that. It's now. more fun, but yeah, client agency relationship. I'm saying faster, faster, faster. Well, yeah. You know, I'm moving in next week. I need, where's the I stuff? This. I need yeah, my couch. Exactly. I need my chairs. Exactly. <laughs> where's my tables? Come on. I got, I got a party I'm doing. Interesting. Right. So it's exactly what's going on right now. Oh yeah. So that's got to be cool to be on that opposite side, right? Because you're getting that full taste of it. Um, because you don't, you can't always do that. It's hard to do that when sometimes it's easier just to kind of go back to saying like, well, why don't they get this? Why don't they get this? Right. And it's like, okay, let me step into their shoes. Let me try to pretend to be them. And that's why you do, uh, I can't even think of the term now, where they give a bunch of little kids different candies. What do you think of this candy? Oh, what do they call uh, it? Uh, focus, case, focus groups. Yes. Taste I was going to say case study, but right. focus group taste test. That's why you do that because... I could taste it and go, this is amazing. This is delicious. Yeah. Well, what does this kid think? What does this kid think? Right. Reviews. That's why yeah. you have reviews. Um, but also another agency client thing is she's saying, okay, well, what's your budget? And I'm uh, saying, well, what do you need? And she's like, well. <laughs> right. What's your budget? Yeah. yeah. And I'm, well, and I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that because I don't know. I don't know what it's going to cost. I don't do this. Yeah. You do this. You tell right. me what it costs. You know, that's right. And right. So then to that point, it could be positioned as, okay, well for X amount, we could get you here for X amount. We could get you here. What, mm-hmm. Where are you leaning? Right. That That's an age old question. It's like, Hey, what's your budget? Yeah. Well, I don't know what my budget is. I haven't done this before versus, Oh cool. Here's my budget. Cause I know what I expect from this. Right. We have experience with this, but if you've never done it, mm-hmm. yeah. What's your budget? Yeah. That's a heavy question. I said, how much do you spend on a couch? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, four hundred bucks? No, oh, twelve hundred. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, three thousand. That's a. I yeah. like that couch, but I don't want to spend three thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. Find me. Find me somewhere a little yeah, bit find more me down that here couch yeah. for four hundred dollars. <laughs> right. Right. Versus, you know, hey, well, what you want, I can't do it for your budget. So right. now we have to compromise. Now you're having that conversation, and that happens every single day. I'm sure in this in this building, every single day, you're having that conversation. When we're done with this, I'm getting on a call. To have that very conversation mm-hmm. about how do we shave money off of a video project. Right, yeah. And you'd be like, hey, look, I'm doing a house. I'm buying a couch. I understand yeah, where you're coming from. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good because, yeah, it gives you direct insight. Um, and I also kind of think that's why I enjoy dabbling in a few different things, right? Because I know that there are some photographers or just some creatives that really specialize in one thing. And I fully recognize and understand the need to do that, right? Because then you're an expert. In that one thing. But for me personally, as a creative, I feel like then I'm in a box. I feel like I'm, I'm locked into saying, hey, you can only do this one thing. Um, I look at a lot of guys, uh, like I like photographing cars. I don't really show that, but I love, I, cars are amazing, beautiful design. Like I love everything about automotive design and cars. And I like photographing them, but I don't want to be a car photographer because the people in that field are dialed into that field. Mm. I would love to photograph a campaign for some car. And I'd, I'd like to think that I could do that, but... I recognize that they're probably going to say, well, we're going to go to this guy because, A, assuming he's likable, right? We already talked about that. Assuming right. he's likable, but look at this dude's work. This is all he does. All he does is photograph cars. Right. So why on earth would I hire you? It's that kind of that back and forth to say, well, I can't necessarily put that in my book to say, hey, I'm a car photographer. No. But, oh, you got a car? You got an old classic car? Like, I would love to photograph that. Yeah. And um, it's, it's like the, the steaming tampon. There's tricks. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done still in cars, but I've done video. And there's tricks. There's yeah. there's rigs. There's yeah. location considerations. There's legal stuff. There's mm. lighting stuff. There's lighting. There's oh, water yeah. tricks. Like there's all these things that if you don't do it regularly, you walk in and you're you're behind everyone else. Well, and and that's it. Is that now it's and now it's not an efficient day. Like hey, you might be having a great time, but like mm-hmm. go back to the client. Like where's my shit? Like where is it? Like I need this done. 
you're going over budget. Why are you going over budget? Can't, I thought you said you could do this. Oh, no, I could do it. It's just going to take a little time. Like a contractor who comes in, right? Let's use the house analogy. Contractor comes in. It's like, hey, when is this going to be done? I don't think, I'm just guessing. I don't think a contractor's ever been right on an estimate of time. Like, oh, it'll be done in like a month, a bathroom. I had three to watch how-to videos on how to do that. Yeah. That <laughs> took time. Right, yeah. <laughs> I had to figure this out. It's like, what are you talking about? You had to figure this out. So it's, it, there's that difference. But I also recognize that we well, can't photograph everything. You you can't create everything. You can't be, um, you know, there's a reason why when you look at the end of a movie, like a, um, a Pixar movie, and then there is a team of people that just do textures. Right. There's a team of like 30 people that just do lighting. And that's it. That's their job day in and day out is how do I light this 3D object in this space? And how do I render it so that these particle effects look real? So it's, you have to sometimes get down to that, that minute level. But, I like the idea of having a broader understanding. Like I like that I have my design background so that I recognize, Hey, I'm taking this picture for some type of ad layout. So I need to give you space versus someone who might not be there. And if you never had that conversation with someone, you wouldn't know that. I hope that sentence made sense because in my head it made perfect (laughs) sense. But if you're a photographer who doesn't have that design background, you just don't have that design background. And just the ability for me to now dive more into saying like, Oh, video. Yeah, I, I understand it. And like, Text, video, photo, like an audio, like all that stuff just blends together really nicely. It's understanding that there is so much crossover from all of that. Everything is art, right? And there's you, a, you there's have a to do it to, to open your eyes to the world. So yeah. we, we've always done video here, but we always outsourced it. We would work with it or on it, but not own it. Right. It was the one thing that we always had to have a vendor on. So that's why the studio, this expansion is to expand our own capabilities so that we can we can be experts in it that we don't have to go great. We can do this. Let's go find a third party who can answer all your questions. You know, we've, we've moved beyond that, but since doing it, it's amazing how I'm in no way an expert, but now I notice the small things that are constantly opening up my mind further. So even walking down the hall, yeah, those little jumps, Yep. I say, okay, I wasn't thinking about those in an edit when I'm editing. That's now in my arsenal. Yeah. And so now just by exploring it and doing it every single day i'm expanding my capabilities yeah jimmy learned premiere in one night yeah he came in here he wanted to edit he went home he started doing tutorials the next day he edited a video and it was it was amazing and i was like crap i've been doing this for years (laughs) and i can't i couldn't do that and it's cool And, and and what's awesome is that now it's more accessible than ever right it's more accessible than ever to have an idea in your mind and actually execute it in in an affordable manner right like just the fact that your phone. Everyone has a phone. You, that is a computer that you can perform so much creativity with that you can just, there's so much content that can be made with that. It's just saying, okay, well, what's your idea? How are you now going to execute it? And then refining that more and more. And constantly, every single day, we're, we're inundated with information, ideas, concepts. When I used to work at the agency, we would have uh, what we would call swipe mornings, where we would literally just go through magazines, flipping through, tearing out stuff we like, put it on the wall, mm-hmm. and saying, "Here's why I like this. I like this one aspect in this element. Cool. Let's keep that. We'd put it in a folder, so that now when we say, "Okay, a client has this idea, let's pull out some of that swipe," and just the term, you know, you're swiping ideas. Yeah. You one could make the argument there are no original ideas, right? Maybe within reason, but what you're doing is you're you're kind of piecing things together. Or a lot of times, what I'll do is I'll reverse engineer stuff. I'll look at something. I'll say, "I like that. Why do I like it?" Okay, here's why I like it. Okay, how did they do it? Here's how they did it. So mm-hmm. that video that, that we're talking about is I just watched a bunch of people doing vlogging and I was like, well, what's the formula? Oh, intro, title sequence, uh, music behind, B-roll, talking, B-roll, outro. 
cool. It's a formula. It's it's a song. It's the same thing. So in my mind, I'm thinking I could do that. Like, oh, what they do? They they cut the music at the beat because it progresses you and it it creates this emotion. So I break down what someone did and then I try to execute it. Nope, first time didn't work. Second time, okay, better. Third time, cool. I got this. Now, would I say like like you? It's like, am I proficient? Am I a master in that? Nope. But can I do it? Sure. Enough where I could say like, yeah, let's get that done. So that's really why I like doing that is if I get inspired by something that I see it, I say, how can I break that down? How can I analyze it? And then how can I put it back together and make it my own? Or sometimes just the reverse. And and I've talked about this on the podcast is if if a client, if you guys come to me and say, hey, can you do this shoot? I'm going to look at it and go, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can figure that out because I can reverse engineer and I can figure out the lighting and, oh, we got to make it bright and airy. Cool. I know how to do that. Oh, we got to make it dark and dramatic. I know how to do that, too. So it's. To say that if I only did one style, like let's say I'm this natural light, bright and airy photographer, that's all you are then. And me personally, I can't do that. My brain's like, no, don't do that. You don't, no, don't lock yourself in there. Be a little bit broader. But on the complete contrast, I have no interest in shooting sports, just none. That's a whole other genre. That's a whole other expense, the lenses, yeah. all that stuff. It would be cool, but nope, no interest in that. There's so many other genres of photography that I'm just like, no, nope, not me. Landscape is. It's fun. It's cool, but I don't want to make a living doing that. And that seems like a lonely living too. You're just hanging out on a field, just waiting for the sunrise. Oh, didn't happen today. Let me try it again tomorrow. Didn't happen tomorrow. Let me try it again. Like those guys that shoot for um, Planet Earth, the BBC guys. Yeah, they're sitting there waiting for months for a snow leopard to come out. Oh, here's the snow leopard. Better not miss that shot, dude. <laughs> Talk about pressure. So there's, I don't know. I don't know exactly where I'm going with that. I think that coffee's kicking in real nice right now. <laughs> but I, I like the idea of having sort of this expanded creative base. Versus just saying, cool, here's this one thing that, that I'm dialed in and I do. And I recognize a lot of people make a living doing just that. But I think it's true with an agency where, hey, we need four or five different things done, right? We, we mm. need print. We need social. We need video. We need stills. Can you do all that? Yeah, cool. We can do all that. We need copy. So you need to kind of know how to approach all of that, keep it all together, but then do that for brand A, brand B, brand mm. C totally different brands right food food brands versus you know a, a just a completely other random yeah. product like a bag versus food one minute we're working on food and go to the next meeting it's a tech company yeah totally different right, right. and then and, and now one of them i'm doing content strategy the next i'm going and i'm writing yeah package it's completely different completely different yeah. so you have to totally switch gears in your head or just be able to tap into those swipe ideas mm-hmm. those things of oh hey i remember i did that thing over here right. it was really successful let me do that and let me adapt it to this brand now um so, you know, is that something that's kept you from from breaking away from your own business and going back to agency world? Because I, I mean, here it's different. We we're all over the place. We people are multi talented. A writer who's also an editor. They're mm-hmm. a account person who's also a writer. Like they're a tech person who's also a designer. But in my past, there's agencies where you work on one account and you have one job on that account. Right. And for many people, the first couple of the years, they're just doing coupons. Because they're yeah. working their way up. They're working their way, you know, through this company. Right. So being on your own, does that allow you more creative freedom? Has that kept you from going back to the agency world? So you don't get caught up in doing, I am just the Entenmann's guy. Right. Um, no, I don't think so. And I guess it would just be depending upon that that agency. So when I worked at the um, the other marketing group, it was eventually, after I started stop doing coupons, it was, hey, we're doing Entenmann's, but now we're doing 1800 tequila. And so it was nice to have the ability to shift back and forth between those things to, those, to completely different things. Couldn't yeah. be more polar opposite, right? So it was fun to be able to do that versus I, I, I think about someone like an accountant, right? No offense to the accountants out there, but I 
I could never, I could never, ever sit behind a cube, spreadsheets, day in, day out. Nope. I'm trying to even think of an analogy of where an accountant might do something different, but they wouldn't. It's just going to be numbers, 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 numbers every single day. Working at an agency, if, if you're not on the internal side, like if I worked internal for Entenmann's and all I did was lay out Entenmann stuff, mm. I'd probably feel the same way as an accountant. But working at a creative agency where it's, hey, no, it's a tech company today. It's a food company tomorrow. It's a biomed the next. And how do you problem solve and how do you create that stuff? So working independently with agencies, it allows me to, to do that, right? Different agencies. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been working with an agency in Boston and they have me doing a lot of biomed stuff, you know, corporate stuff. And it's, that's completely different versus shooting for Jarlsberg, right? So polar opposites, but enough where, okay, I need to figure out how do I shoot for that corporate stuff? Cool. I got that. That's dialed in. And then how do I do some food stuff? Cool. I got that. It's not to say that you're really getting, at least for me, I haven't been so limited, but working with an agency wouldn't be limiting either, depending upon the agency. Yeah. Again, if, if I'm working for an internal uh, company, then yeah, I might feel like, oh, another Atkins bar, another Atkins bar, another Atkins bar. Atkins account was fun. That's in quotes. For, for those <laughs> listening, that was fun. I um, feel like there could be an entire podcast with a psychologist or sociologist or something. Oh, yeah. Just to dive into what makes someone appreciate it and seek out that accountant lifestyle versus something like our lifestyle, which is a little more run and gun and free. Yeah, unpredictable. Because I had vacation recently with my family and we had that conversation a lot because my sister and I are very, very different. Really? She's much more structured and like she likes just everything uh, organized. Yeah, very much. Yeah. And then I am I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And we grew up in the same house. We're Irish twins. We, we didn't just grow up in the same house. We grew up in the same house at the exact same time. Right. How did we become so damn different? That is, so again, tapping into that, that psychology of all of this stuff, right? The creativity and just the, the human, right? The human element where, yeah, what is it that makes you want to do that? And that's where you right. excel, right? So if you put me in a place, and this was something that I learned from when, when I went through training. So uh, I used to work for Apple and I did education. I did basically, I did training. I taught people how to use their devices. And what they did was they sent me out and did a week of training to say, figure out how people learn figure out how to teach those different people. So different personality types Mm -hmm. and different learner styles, right? So it's trying to analyze someone in a a minute, less than a minute to say, how do you learn? Okay, now I know how to teach you. And it's the same kind of thing of of working with someone. It's like, okay, hey, I'm going to give you a task. And now I have to recognize and understand how you work to then assign the proper task for you, right? Because if me personally, Steve, I go to work internal as an accountant at a cubicle and I'm not doing a good job, well, it's not because I'm not good at that. It's because you, you put me in a place where I'm not going to excel. And okay, cool. If I have to do accounting work, let me work on different different jobs or something like that. I'm, I'm kind of free trying to make that analogy of an accountant. <laughs> I don't know why I keep going to that. I hate that. But that's why I have an accountant that loves what he does. Right. I work with a guy who's like, dude, spreadsheets are amazing. I'm like, cool. I hate those. I love Photoshop. I um, worked for a guy who said, uh, anyone can do what we do, but we can't not do it. Yes. So anyone can come up with a tagline. Yeah. Right. Clients throw them at us all the time. Anyone can write a script if they really spend the time doing it. Yeah. But the challenge is for a writer, it's can you write 50 of them? And can you do it today? Right. Or a photographer, can you find me 50 different ways to do this? Can you do it on the budget? And can you change the lights each and every single time to create a different, to create a different story? Yep. Can you find all the nuance and then find new ways to do it constantly? Right. And I think to do something like that, that's where that other side of the spectrum will go. No, thanks. And I think there's, you're right. I guess that's true. So so working as uh, 
right, working as freelance in, in my position, I could just say, yeah, no, don't want to. I want to do what I want to do. And I think that's where going back to those photographers that either have that ego or have that that position on set where they're like, this is how it's getting done because mm-hmm. this is how I do it and this is the way I want to do it. And I'm sure that that works in many areas. Again, thinking about those car photographers, it's like, hey, guys, this is how we have to do it. I don't care about your ideas. This is the way to do it because if we do it your way, it's not going to get done. So I could I could recognize that, but I do like the free form of, okay, yeah, let's try that. Let's figure that out. Yeah. The, the whole, I use the term all the time, but reverse engineering of being able to figure that out. I remember as a kid, um, the first time I did that was uh, I opened apart my dad's calculator. It was one of those old school Texas instruments. He was not happy. Um, but I opened it up because I thought to myself, like, how the hell does this work? Like, you press these buttons and it's like, what's on the – I was little. I don't remember how old I was. But I was like, what's on the inside? And I opened it up and it's, you know, it's just chips and boards. I'm just like, it's nothing. It's like, it's just a bunch of metal. Like, how does this work? And I remember thinking that, like, how does this work? And I still don't know. I mean, I do to an extent. But it was that that kind of mindset of – figuring that stuff out. And that's why I wanted to draw Wolverine. Cause I was like, Oh, he does the line like this. His, his tricep kind of dips in here. Oh, he's got the three lines. Cause that's what defines the muscle there. Oh, cool. Oh, he does it differently on this. Um, who is it? Jim Lee was one of my favorite comic book artist. He was in the nineties. He was, mm-hmm. he did all the X-Men stuff. The Jim Lee, for those out there, Google Jim Lee, Didn't X-Men. Did he also go DC though? He might have. Yeah. Um, DC. Eh, yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Same page. Um, isn't that funny how that is Ford Chevy. Marvel, it's Mac, yeah. PC, all that. Um, but his stuff, I, I I would reverse engineer. Like, how is, oh, he's doing that kind of cross-hatching. Oh, he's filling in those shadows real deep there. So I remember that as like a little kid. And, and even now, like, that's how I like approaching that lighting. I'll, I'll sit and just look at a magazine rack. And I go, how'd they like that? How'd they like that? Ooh, that's dark and moody. How'd they do that? Yeah, that stuff's fun for me. So yeah. so being able, being challenged with that, like, hey, look at this. Can we do this? How do we make this? And how do we make it three different ways? Okay, cool. Let's figure it out. Um, that's fun to do that stuff. Totally. All yeah. right, I'm going to wrap this guy up. Yeah, man. Because i got to start leaning towards a uh, client call. Yeah, yeah. It's that's... not all play around here. No, I know. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes gotta, you got to do business. Yeah, sometimes you got to pay the bills. Uh, but thank you. Uh, any, might as well use this time to yeah. uh, plug yourself. Plug, yeah. Your site, um, your, all your the, all the damn content you're putting out constantly. Yeah. Um, so again, my name is Steve Walter. Uh, if you Google Steve Walter Photo, you'll find me. My website is stevewalterphoto.com. Instagram, at stevewalterphoto. Uh, I've been putting a lot of content on there on my stories. Every Tuesday on my stories, I do a, a Tuesday tips. That's my, that's my <laughs> tagline. Uh, where I basically just share some type of tip, creative-related, or even just human-related, but mostly photography-related, on my IGTV. I don't know if you've been playing with IGTV lately. I have not. I've been putting, so that's basically Instagrams. Right, there's there's the long-form content. So on my IGTV, I've been putting more tutorial stuff there and just kind of more behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, YouTube.com slash Steve Walter photo, which I had to, I asked, I actually had to ask for a hundred subscribers. I just put out a call. I was like, Hey, will you guys subscribe to my page? You'll get some good content, but because they won't let you create a custom URL unless you have a hundred. Huh? So I was like, cool. Yeah, I can hit that. So I've got my podcast up there. Every podcast I do record the video of it. Yeah, that's me photographer, New Haven, Connecticut. And I love what I do. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, James. <laughs>